so we're we're looking at um Maria the what Scholar it, of is, Antiquity. Scholar of Antiquity. Scholar of Antiquity. Maria no. Scholar of Antiquity. Scholar of Antiquity. Um, did you forget the name of the card we were doing? <laughs> I, 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 gotta be honest, I don't remember the whole name of the card. I just know the name of the commander. I just know it's Maria. Like, yeah, first same. Name. I know by color yeah. pairing's bad, but it's like at least worth remembering. <laughs> It's it's like it's like Borborygmos is know, your I, is your deck, right? Like wait, wait, like Borborygmos or like Borborygmos enraged or <laughs> one from Innistrad. I don't know. I can I can <laughs> I would love in an unset for the next Borborygmos to be Borborygmos and aroused. And it's just some sort of like very clearly turned on Borborygmos. <laughs> like Borborygmos apathetic. <laughs> you just like, leave me alone. Yeah, yeah, no, it's like Borbor, it's Borborygmos. Borborygmos and who has come to blank. terms with what he's Welcome everyone to another episode of the Mind Sculptors podcast. I am your host, Callahan. On today's episode, special guest Surreal joined myself, Cobblepot, and Ian to take a closer look at the newest rule commander from Dominaria United, Maria Scholar of Antiquity. This Brewer's Choice episode was a ton of fun to record, and we all had a ton of thoughts on this new commander. So much so that we weren't able to fit all of this conversation and all of our thoughts into the single episode. So if you want to hear all of our thoughts on Maria, as well as some of the jokes and tangents that didn't make it into this cut, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Sculptors and support us there to get access to the full uncut video discussion. Also, before we get into today's episode, I want to remind you that Oakotoberfest is right around the corner on November 18th through the 20th in Philadelphia. So if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, make sure to get registered over at monarch.cards. If you're unfamiliar with this event, it's a CEDH tournament in Philadelphia that is raising money for St. Jude Children's Hospital and it's put on by the same people who did Marchessa earlier this year in Seattle. I will be there doing an intro to CEDH panel on that Friday the 18th with Lewis Stardust, Dan from Moderately Anonymous MTG, and Dylan and Cam from Play to Win. Marchessa earlier this year was a total blast, and I can't wait to get to see you all again here in a few weeks. So if you haven't yet signed up, head on over to monarch.cards to get registered today. With all of that said, let's get into today's Brewer's Choice episode with Cobblepot, Ian, and Surreal. Have you seen how much that fucking mind goblin is worth, by the way? Um... (laughs) It's no. like thirty-seven dollars yeah, for like one of the foils. Oh well, it's foil. Yeah, but even like the regular who, ones. Uh, like, guess who might expect on that one? Did you expect on that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you yeah. actually? 
Yeah. Oh my god. I was like, people were like talking about it. It's like, people oh wait, there's it. actually like uh, legitimate uses of it, and I was like, all right, cool, I'll buy the shitty goblin. I don't really want it, but whatever. But, and uh, now it's like forty bucks. So, <laughs> I how many did you get? Just one. Oh okay. I was gonna ask. Can I have? Can we have? That, a was, that was quite the spec. Can that be the? Can that be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell of a spec yeah. buys one. Did it? Did it? So for me, for me, buying a single copy of a card that I have zero desire to play is specking. You know, valid. Now we all have to get one. If, I bought if, like that's I bought how we a know play that. set of ledger shredders when they came out because it was like this is going to be good. Yeah, and I bought them for I shit. Yeah, I did that with I finale. Shit you not my my ledger shredders. I bought them for a quarter piece. I got Finale of Devastations when they were five bucks a pop. Yeah. I think I opened uh, and I got a play set of those and I was like, that was like, that was, and then after, because I just sat, I looked at it, I was like, it's an unconditional tutor regardless of color and it also hits graveyards and it's an infinite mana outlet. How does this, how does this not get played in literally everything yeah. with yeah. green? Well, it's interesting because um, with the green deck that we have been presented with today, we Ian Surreal and I have been talking about this commander for two months, two months since, since we, we met, met. Uh, in, in person. Yeah, basically. And uh, yeah, this is a this is an interesting one because uh, it's mm-hmm. Maria Scholar of Antiquity. And if you're unfamiliar with what this card does, it, it sucks. It's <laughs> it, it is deceiving how powerful the ability actually is, if you ask me, because I think when you read the card, your immediate thought is, oh, my God, this is this is insane. This is like akin to Urza. And then you actually read the card and then you kind of it comes back down to earth um and so the abilities on this we covered this in our uh dominaria united uh set review but we'll just read it one more time it is a three three elf artificer that costs a colorless a red and a green has two ability activated abilities on it that say tap and untap non non-token artifact you control and you add Green mana. Yeah, let's not forget that part. And then the second ability is tap two untapped non-token artifacts you control. Exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn. So it's kind of got that. And both of those both of those abilities are uh, without a tap symbol. So they operate yes, true. like um, Earthcraft and Azami and the other, you know, yeah, uh, so. yeah. summoning sickness, uh, forgetting activations mm-hmm. yeah you're gonna hear a lot of us probably in this cast comparing this to urza and a lot of it i think is going to be about this is not urza and everyone who kind of wants it to be urza is about to be arguably deeply disappointed in a lot of ways because it's not urza this is not because <laughs> any number of different well, we, reasons we, we, the main is- thing I would think Go the ahead, main no. reason why it's not Urza is because it says non-token. Um, mm-hmm. if, I actually, I, I'm going to make an argument as to why it, like that's not the primary reason, despite that's what it's on the text. Like the text box itself says non-token, right? And that's the biggest it issue. It would be so much better level. if it if it didn't say it. It, it, it would, but yeah, I yeah, think yeah, it would. Yeah, st- yeah. And we'll get into this here in a bit. But I, 
I, I think it would still run into the same brick wall that it's running yes. into now because it's mm. uh mm. Less it, so. it, it would it, it would lot. definitely make a dent in the brick wall. It would leave a mark. Uh, yes. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's crashing through the brick wall. Um and like Oh, I think like the like the difference between it being a dockside outlet and not being a dockside outlet is like the the ward non-token yeah. right like that that part alone yes. is is pretty huge um so like that's just like one of the many reasons that that we're hearing a little nuance to this argument here um yeah it, it, there's a lot to it for sure and i think uh, to start it off we're, we're sounding a little negative to a reflection of this card it's still a very exciting card um and it still does a lot of unique stuff but I think it is important that we're tailoring the expectation as we, I think all of us got really excited about this card went, Oh, I'm not that excited about this card, but now where we're at with these lists, I think they're ten, sort of like the middle rebound lists, right? They're not no, I don't think this is, or is a level good, but this is where it's at now and the future holds potential. Right. So, so, so before we get into the lists, actually, I wanted to, because all of the lists are going to be very mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, in my mind, at least dealing with the aspect of what the hell is in the command zone feels important because it gives character and context to why these lists look like they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like the oof, there's that oof versus there's, there's oof to oof or not to oof. Right. Whether tis nobler um, in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of non-artifacts of outrageous fortune. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so I, I think I want to start with here's Maria, right? And Maria has a couple of different things going for it and not going for it. Number one, it does the same thing as Urza does, where it breaks parity really well on a number of stacks pieces. You're also in colors that make a lot of mana comfortably um even outside of artifacts hmm. you then get into the issue of so so like that's that's plus one right and let's not nothing to be said for the fact that instead of paying five mana like you would in urza you get to tap two artifacts so call it two, tapping two mana and you get to exile you get to impulse draw this is a fantastic you've got card draw you've got ramp in the command zone you've got a convenient way to break parity on stacks pieces there's a lot to like there and then you get to the push and pull of okay oof or not oof and i think we're going to see tonight that there's a there's a we're going to fall on either side of that line let's get into these lists here um so first off let's look at uh let's look at cobblepot's list um Cobbles is called Gerza Landfall, and you look like just a a brief like exploration of your list is it looks like you are doing a little bit of the like mono green wincon packages, a little bit of the like, you know, kiki jiki stuff, you know, take us through this list, the high level uh, concept of this list. Okay, so it's a it's a tap lock list, um, mm-hmm. which is the one of the, the the main attractions that people see when they first 
look at either Urza or Maria is, oh, you know, winter orb winter and static, static orb. I can just turn those yeah. off by tapping them mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and that's great, but you need to, it's, it's not enough just because Dockside yeah. exists. You, you, you need to actually win right, the game. You, yeah, you, you need to <laughs> not only be able to keep your opponents from untapping, you have to tap things down. So um, there's the lock and there's the tap. So um, this is running things like Root Maze and Orb of Dreams and, um, you know, Mana Web. Hot. I you know, love that. Th- those kinds it's of things so that good. are <laughs> what they do is they they detract from the tempo of the table. They make things go much slower. You know, when if you've ever tried to use a fetch land through root maze, you know that that's absolute agony. And um, <laughs> we break parity with that using Amulet of Vigor and Tiller Engine. And mm-hmm. that wounds up, it on the one hand lets us break parity, but actually lets us even accelerate because if we can copy those effects, then we untap twice for every land that comes into play or every artifact that comes into play, which then lets us perform uh, some more degenerate kind of stuff. But that that's kind of the, the, the main line is to, you know, uh, for each of the ways that people get resources, either if it's land-based, artifact-based, creature-based, we're, we're trying to shut those avenues down and then <laughs> make use of the, 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 the best, in my opinion, um, card advantage that's available to these two colors. And I think that's through the landfall effects and uh, in particular, Valakut um, exploration where <laughs> that card is because <laughs> yeah valakut exploration looks real good in no matter what power level you play it at assuming yeah. that you can support it right it just ends up not being supported at the higher levels right. and because we're, we're just not land-based as much as which lower levels it if you can get your there's there's lots of ways to exploit it um like with welder effects yeah. and artifact lands and, you know, various other things yep. that crucible um, worlds and fetch right, lands that kind and, of stuff. So yeah. um, th- there's a lot of, there's a lot of tricks that you can pull to exploit that and just, you know, kill people with Valakut. Um, but that's I actually really like this just sort of concept in gruel in general. I feel like it's probably not explored as much as, as one very would much like underexplored. Right. And, yeah. um, and there's a sub theme that is getting a lot of utility from the liquid metal artifacts, the liquid metal torque and liquid metal mm-hmm. coating, yeah. um, which is used classic, defensively yeah. <laughs> and offensively. So uh, we can yeah. turn our opponent's lands into artifacts and then shoot them down mm-hmm. with Gorilla Shaman or, you know, with Karn yep. and stuff like that <laughs> um, to, you know, just create this huge disparity between what our opponents are able to do and what we're able to do. Um, and we can also use, you know, making your, your Magda into an artifact or making your Goblin Welder into an artifact so that your, your Clock of Omens can untap it every time it, you know, 
refreshes something out of the graveyard and, you know, that kind of thing. So there's, there's a lot of ways to leverage in a uh, very flexible kind of uh, utility uh, approach. And Mm -hmm. what that does is it's very unconventional. So people, especially in CEDH, are very, they're, they're, they're very aware of rote kind of lines of play. And they know, oh, someone's going to cast their ad nos and, you know, th- this is how I'm going to interact with this. Or, oh, someone's got a, a thoracle yeah. on the stack. OK, this is what you do. And it's th- they those are kind of well trod paths and people understand how to interact with them to stop them. Um, when you're doing things that are unconventional, then you're forcing people to not leverage their their memory and you know the 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 reps that they've mm-hmm. gotten in you're forcing them to think or truisms right. they're, yeah, they're, they're yeah. thinking on the spot and people make mistakes and uh people tend to make more mistakes when they're put on the spot in an unconventional situation so i this mean it's is the thing that, that kirk that. sakashima does a really good job of leveraging right? right is that sure if this is different than anything else you're forcing seeing your it's really, really complicated it. and yeah it's hard to figure out where you're supposed to interact correctly. Next part, next list, we'll look at the high level of is Ave Mammaria. Uh, I, I see anytime I, any allusion to Ave Maria, I will now and forevermore uh, think of the Batman uh, be- <laughs> because I now just True. heavily associate that song with that movie. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was either Ave Maria or Maria don't stacks me out. Um, so when we look at your list, Surreal, uh, yeah, your up? list now, and one thing is very interesting, all three of your lists are very different. I also think um, it's worth mentioning that uh, despite there being so many like large gaps, uh, we did work on the, the Ave Maria one specifically. Uh, has been like there was a lot of collaboration yeah. on that one it is even within yeah. this this podcast for sure yeah even with this this podcast there's been a lot of input back and forth mm-hmm. i actually think that so, so i think there's four people on this podcast and i think all four of us would have built this slightly differently so my my route is for lack of a better term boring it is a pile it is all of the highest card quality that I can shove into a deck in gruel to start. So it wants to play to the color pair's strengths and the commander almost functions as secondary. So it wants to play your dock side. It wants to play collector oof. It wants to play null rod and it wants to play as many creature based wins and outlets as possible because you don't have a way to search for artifacts in these colors. I opted for a snoop pile. So, so mine is, Here's a bunch of red, good red, green cards. As w- and then once you get past that point, it says, hey, here's all of my artifacts, my stacks effects, and a couple of the best options for what Maria looks like and for the artifact selection. And then you go back up to the creature section and you say, how do I win the game? And you just kind of shrug. And that's with... <laughs> you shrug because it's Snoop, which is about worth a shrug um 
but the benefit is is that your commander does very comfortably crack your snoop pile and the snoop pile feels dramatically better when you can very comfortably crack it Absolutely. out of the command zone yeah. and so that's sort of what my list is looking to leverage um other than that it's not really fancy if you've seen my Rorikthar list on the database this is going to look real similar <laughs> because yeah yeah mary is not Rorikthar but we're struggling so often for card quality in these colors that there's a very limited selection. I mean, it, it goes back to what you were talking about earlier, right? Is it's, it's gruel. There's you only have so many options. Yeah. There's always going to be when evaluating power level and strength of a list, there's, is your commander good enough to bypass the inefficiencies of its color? I, I have taken the route for this list where I'm trying to compensate for my color pairings weaknesses yep. by playing the best in slot options I have in addition to and secondary, to, uh, you know, that is primary. And then secondary is how well can I support Maria within that shell? So I'm working and, within a shell yeah, and then trying to right. support Maria as opposed to doing the reverse where I and try I and support Maria first. The, the Thar comparison is really interesting because what you're basically doing is you're taking instead of I have to play like egregious amounts of ramp to get Thar out and have the stacks piece in the command zone. What you can say is uh, instead I'm going to have a bunch of these stacks pieces in the 99 that I can break parity on. And there is some card advantage in like it, it Maria. It is hard to argue does like, like it impossible to argue. It has more card advantage than, than Rogthar, right? Cause Rogthar literally right. does not give you any card advantage. And there's a lot to like there, but that's my list. Uh, Ian, what do you? Hey, hey comedian. Wanna, uh, hey, did you know that Ian was? Uh, I can't your, believe you're actually name. doing this on another episode. I can't believe you're actually bringing <laughs> this here. You say, hey, Ian, come back. Record another episode with me. I'm going to really just just tell you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, buddy. <laughs> so much love. All the love in the world. <laughs> so. You are doing KCI stuff, and for those of you who live in yeah. Kansas City, no, we're not talking about Kansas City International Airport. Uh, that was such a niche, <laughs> deep cut that you had to go for there. <laughs> so, Clark Clan Ironworks is a is a card <laughs> that you built your deck around, and. Uh, Kind of take us through exactly what you're doing here, because I, I see the junk diver and I see the scrap trawler. I see all the Teshar components. So uh, what, what's going on exactly? So uh, to be clear, uh, the reason this uh, variant of this archetype exists is because I my initial work on this deck is basically what surreal has brought to us today um <clears throat> now that being said uh i was working through my sort of like previous thoughts on miria and stuff like that and and i was thinking like i think the win cons and the density of artifacts are sort of a relevant factor here that we need to think about so like what are the things that miria does best it breaks parity on these um these stacks fixed like uh static orb and winter orb and trinosphere and it provides a medium-sized card advantage. I, I will not say it's a good card advantage engine, um, which 
to explain that further, so I, I've worked on like basically three different versions of this deck. The first one being um, basically what Surreal has today. Very similar, very, very similar list because uh, a lot of it was our collaboration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Second one is uh, a deck that Charles described as, oh, I can tell you've been playing Ascension, which is literally... <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's literally all zero and one drop artifact creatures and playing things like glimpse of nature and uh, other things that like when a creature ETBs, you draw a card. And the whole point is this that is like the they all version. refund yeah. themselves um, and then you like storm off. But the I found that to be too inconsistent at getting there at a reasonable turn. Mm-hmm. Um, although yep. that can be worked on and I don't have the mental fortitude to really put in the hustle there, but I can send a starter list to anyone interested. Uh, but the one that I've come up with today said to me, this, this spoke to me in this way that like, I don't have to ignore the stacks effects that are really good in these colors, like blood moon, Magus of the moon. These the, the ones that Miriam breaks uh, parody on and, you know, cards like tangle wire too. And like, I get to use, as I mentioned, all these artifacts that come on the battlefield and also like have these really interesting static abilities. Um, and this archetype also, in my opinion, gets to ignore um, the redundancy issue with this color pie because there's a lot of layering that these Quark Land, to, for anyone who's like not familiar with KCI combos in general, KCI Quark Land Ironworks allows you to sacrifice an artifact to generate two colorless mana. So with cards like Scrap Trawler and Mirror Retriever and uh, Salvager of Rune, like you're, you're basically sacrificing your creatures, generating mana, bringing things back out of your graveyard. And because Miria is allowing you to like replay all these cards, you're actually generating mana because you play the creature, tap it for a green mana, because once again, Miria allows you to ignore haste. Um, and you're basically making infinite mana with these loops really easily. Then with cards like Reckless Fire Weaver or Aetherflux Reservoir or a number of different cards that allow you to like have these payoffs. I have walking ballista to use the infinite mana with. Um, so basically any of these infinite uh, recursion loops start generating infinite mana or infinite ETBs or infinite death triggers. And at that point, it's sort of just like whatever one of these payoffs is in your hand is the thing that kills the table. And the specifics really don't matter that much. And it's really interesting because there are certain stacks pieces that you wouldn't think you can play things like Thorn of Amethyst and, and Trinisphere and stuff like that. But because KCI lets you sacrifice artifacts, you can uh, just chuck them it kind of does. Right. It does the uh, Razakats thing where you're like, yeah, I'll slack my collector roof when I'm going for my Razakats combo. Um, and so there's there's that sort of dynamic going on. And you also kind of get to uh, ignore the So like KCI is the best outlet in the deck, right? Like KCI is the thing we're trying to do. But. You can make your own KCI with other cards, right? We have cards like Grinding Station. We have Altar of Dementia. Uh, I'm playing Slow Bad Goblin Tinkerer, which is just sack an artifact. Uh, another artifact is indestructible, justice right? Justice for Slow Bad. And it's it's really cool because it you, you can use now these green creature tutors to go get your sack outlets, which you can't normally do with the rest of the deck. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of like redundancy and layering. And the idea is that like uh, you can play this sort of like slower stacks of your mid-range game to start things going uh and and slow your opponents down long enough for miria to get you like the two or three things you need to just pop off and i think this this archetype feeds into what miria is trying to do in the command zone a lot better um just because it's like you're you're using the artifacts for mana you're using the artifacts for card advantage 
while also still locking your opponents in a really tough position without having to like full commit to some extreme thing like the creature storm variant. Um, so I, I found in playtesting that it was definitely yielding more interesting results than anything I had worked on before. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at this list now. Cause this is, this is actually the first time I'm seeing the, cause yeah. Ian, you and I had talked about the Casey. I was like, this, Oh, I made this, this last night. Yeah. yeah I yeah. know you made this last <laughs> night. I, cause I was like, I hadn't seen this before. Cause this actually yeah, was, absolutely. this did all the stuff that we wanted to do. Cause I'm looking at this now. I'm like, yeah, actually I play this. This actually yeah. looks competent. Looking to protect your cards? Check out our sponsor, Dragon Shield. Last week, I mentioned how I have been using their petrol mat sleeves for about five years now, but I am officially won over to their new dual mat sleeves after sleeving up the Buick dealership cube and my uh, casual Brea's big, beautiful Buick's EDH tech in them. The fully opaque black interior is just mm, chef's kiss. Absolutely amazing how nice it looks. Like not only do they make your cards pop on that black background, but the really nice part for me is that the background is fully opaque. Whenever I do a deck check as a judge, I always look to make sure you can't see through the back of the sleeves. And the fully opaque background makes that problem completely go away. And hey, Oktoberfest is right around the corner, so maybe use our affiliate link to pick up some ahead of time and support the show. I recommend the Wraith sleeves personally. They are this really pretty magenta color, and it's what I've sleeved my cube in. So I highly recommend them. So go ahead, go into the description of this video or podcast, wherever you're listening to this, click on our Dragon Shield affiliate link to get your Dragon Shield dual mat sleeves today while also supporting the channel. Thank you to Dragon Shield for supporting the Mind Sculptors. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you to all of the wonderful people who support us over on Patreon. Your continued support is what enables us to continue to bring you quality CEDH content every single week. If you want to listen to next week's episode featuring Mike Bainey from CEDHU and Eminence Gaming, you can become a patron for as low as $2 a month and go check out the full uncut video episode right now. We get into brewing our process great resources, things to avoid, things to try and follow. It's a great conversation. And if you want early access to it, go ahead and support us over on Patreon. You will also get access to our patron exclusive Discord server, plus the ability to submit a question to our Dear Sculpty Boy segment. 
So what are you waiting for? If you aren't a patron already, you can join the Sculpty family at patreon.com forward slash the mind sculptors, or you can just check out the link in the description. It's time to check in on our Apple podcast ratings. And this week we have four new ratings. The first is from Aiden dot shower. I hope I'm saying your name right. It says great way to pass the day. Normally listen on YouTube, graduated to the podcast. Love, love, love all the content. Full-time dad and worker drone, so this helps me play catch-up. I get just a little bit better with every episode. Thanks. Thank you for the rating, and glad we can help you out, honestly. like That's really the end goal with all of this stuff. The next review is from user Ken Standish. It says, slaps the roof of a Buick. You can fit so many good takes and Nigelo cards in this beauty of a podcast. Good banner, great takes, and even better people. This podcast has it all, and I'm always looking forward to Mondays because it's Sculpty Boy Pod Day. In summation, that's why you should vote for the Mind Sculptors pod as sole survivor of season 43 of CEDH Survivor. <laughs> oh, Ken, I love that review. Thank you so much. Uh, actually, it's funny because on Saturday night on the most recent episode of SNL, they had a sketch where it actually references Survivor and Jeff Probst actually came out. And I lost my mind. I I was laughing so hard. It was so good. Uh, So, Ken, I know you're a Survivor fan. Go check that out. Also, thank you for the review. The next review is from user Runner2DMax. It says, subscribing to the Mind Sculptors is an easier win than getting 20 counters with Simic Ascendancy. These guys make CEDH approachable, have relevant, timely content, and interview top-tier guests often. Whether you are curious about or steeped in EDH content, hit subscribe. You will not regret it. Trust me, I'm definitely not a demure informant. Well, thank you for that, Ed. I'm glad you're totally not a demure informant. 100%. Yeah. And our last review is from... Apple user MTG Pastor. It says, This is a girthy good podcast. Girthy, wow, quite a word to use there. Perfect to sit down with your Raycon wireless earbuds and absorb the wisdom that is Arden. All seriousness, fantastic podcast for CDH players, old and new. Best space for hearing from the pros on how to improve your game. Thanks for all the hard work that goes into this podcast. Thank you for that review. Also, Ray J, if you want to sponsor the podcast, feel free. I will gladly talk about Raycon earbuds. Uh, (laughs) But uh, thank you, uh, all four of you who left reviews this week. And uh, remember that if you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts in between now and next week's episode, I will read it out here on the show. So with all of that, let's get back into today's episode with Cobble, Surreal, and Ian. You know what? Let's just get into the comparison. 
Uh, let's yeah. go ahead and look at Planeswalkers. We talked about this a little bit. Um, all three of you are playing Karn the Great Creator. And I think that <laughs> yeah. is objectively correct. Uh, <laughs> it is a good card and you have creatures to yeah. back it up. Um, and as no, we've no did, notes, Karn good. Yeah. It's, <laughs> also, it's this deck, no matter what iteration, this deck feeds Dockside. Karn says, hey, don't worry about it, friend. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So let's let's look here at the cards you all share. There's not many. You share four <laughs> cards. Uh, it is Dockside Extortionist, Goblin Engineer, Imperial Recruiter, and Phyrexian Revoker. Those are the four shared cards between all three lists. For, Cobble, for creatures. For creatures. For creatures. Yeah, well, that's uh, what the section we're in. Yeah. Cobble, take us through your creature suite here. So, like I said before, um, we're, we, we've got welders. And we are including a lot of things that synergize very well. So, for instance, there's the um, battered golem, which is essentially the same. It, it's 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 very similar to grinding station, and it untaps both grinding station and battered golem untap every time an artifact enters the battlefield. Not when you not, cast Not it. just yours. Yep. Right. So, if I cast a Dockside and I create six treasures, then my Battered Golem and my Grinding Station are going to untap six times, which means that you can impulse six cards right off the top and then have the treasures to be able to you know, cast whatever it is that you're pulling, or you can generate a ton of mana and, you know, pipe that mana into any of the outlets that you can use to, you know, a uh, finale of devastation or to uh, cast or, or to use um, Sensei's Divining Top over and over and over again and, you know, actually draw cards. Um, there, there's just a ton that you can do with that. And if you've got Clock of Omens in play and you have Grinding Station and either something that copies Grinding Station or you have Battered Golem 2, then that's already basically you've draw, you draw your deck because you have an artifact come into play and then now you have two untapped artifacts. And... It's very, very easy with all of the, the landfall kinds of triggers that we have with a uh, tireless provisioner and tireless tracker. Tireless tracker is another infinite mana outlet that lets you draw your deck. Um, but both of those, every time they see a land come into play, they create an artifact, which then untaps the grinding station and battered golem, um, which is very easy to break if you have a Shia uh, because all of your creatures that are coming into play are lands and those lands are then creating artifacts which then untap things and it just it very very quickly spirals um, but there there's the Ashaya combo so Ashaya and Quirion Ranger which 
that, you know, generates, it often generates infinite mana, um, but also with any landfall outlet is going to infinitely either create artifacts or draw, you know, cards with Valakit, etc. Um, Scare Tiller is a, a wild inclusion, but <laughs> it's, it's excellent in this context because um, you tap it with the commander. If, if you don't have the commander, um, you can still use it with Clock of Omens, but um, when you tap it, you can grab a land from your graveyard or from your hand and just put it onto the battlefield tapped. And the tapped, we don't really, we're able to get around that because we're also running Amulet of Vigor and we're running uh, Tiller. Um, Are you on Lotus Cobra? Yeah. Uh, yeah yes, we're on Lotus Cobra as well. So mm-hmm. there's, there, there's just lots of different interconnections where mm-hmm. it, it, it's not like things fit together in one way. It, there's a ton of synergy with how all of the different pieces come together. So I think that's a uh, interesting transition over now to surreal looking at your creatures. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, your unique creatures are Arbor Elf, Collector Oof, uh, Snoop, Elvish Spirit Guide, Endurance, Ewit, Goblin Recruiter, Hyrax, Cogla, Mog Fanatic. Uh, the card that I am the biggest fan of in your deck actually is Sereth the Viper Faint. The Viper's Faint. Boy, howdy. Uh, that's a solid magic good card. card. Good card. Yeah, that's um, really good. Sharpshooter. So, so, so take yeah. us through yep. uh, some of this here. Like, we, we, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but you're very, it looks very much like a prototypical gruel deck. Yeah, um... When we started talking about this podcast for today, I feel bad because this is my end res- like this is my personal opinion is that um, should you build this deck? Should you try and play this deck? And my answer is not right now. You should probably give it like six months or something because I know we had alluded to it very early on in this cast, but it's a very strong likelihood that we're going to see support for red green artifacts in the, very near future. in the next set or at the very least in the near future. I wouldn't be surprised to see some bits and pieces of this maybe in a commander product at some point in the next year, but very least I think we're in the next set brothers war. We're going to see support for this. I, I, I think I see, it's very yeah, safe absolutely. to say that in brothers war, we're going to immediately get something that pushes this in a very positive yeah. direction. Yeah, and I think you can see that just from, hey, what's going to happen? Also, that new Transformers card that was spoiled that will be in Brothers War yep. has the same kind of text, which is non-token artifacts. And so I think that's where they'll end up pushing red-green. That aside, with the current card pool that you have right now, I opted for a very prototypical rule base, which is you have your mana dork suite. You have your creature-based interaction suite with your Manglehorn, your Rex Sage. Um, you have your, you know, a bit of recursion and, and utility and things like Eternal Witness and Endurance and Kogla. Um, you have the Kiki combo for Hyrax and Kiki. And then you have the Snoop pile. 
the snoop pile is the snoop pile. You can effectively ignore that and not worry about it. Because that is, you can, whatever you wanted to put in the snoop pile could be any other form of a win condition. I opted for snoop. I think it's the easiest thing that I have right now in these colors to crack with Mario. Tutor because it, it yeah, has multiple yeah. layers of tutor. Um, <coughs> it, there's a lot to like on the surface for Snoop. It just runs into the issue of it's fragile, it's easily disrupted, it's clunky, and it's a lot of dead slots. Um, yep. Mind you, I also I also have a backup line in the Snoop pile. I think you have to play that. If you're playing Snoop, you have to play the full package. Mm-hmm. And that often includes like 10 cards. So there's a lot of gristle on this cut of meat that we're looking at here in the, in the creature section. Hey, I love gristle. That's some of my favorite part of a, of a steak. Can't, can't relate. It's my, it's my favorite green, black. Commander <laughs> for sure. That was good. That was it's good. banned though. Isn't crystal uh, banned? Uh, oh, nice. That was nice, good. Nice. That was okay. Solid follow up. Um, Can you talk about damn. Kogla? <laughs> oh boy. Donkey Kong. <laughs> Donkey Kong. It's not a surreal deck if they're not playing Kogla. It's, uh, I mean, where's yeah, the lie I, though? Like, no, I, I really can't stop playing. Like, there's, you know, it's I've built the deck if there's Diddy Kong, Donkey Kong, and. <laughs> Vivian Monsters Advocate. Uh, and now... Wait, what's Diddy Kong? Diddy Kong is Ragavan. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, I'll buy yeah. it. Well, and then now Cranky Kong is Silverback Elder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just adding to the Kong family. I, I actually have considered getting altars of those three cards. I love that. Diddy Kong, Donkey Kong, and Cranky Kong. Um, this is my new favorite thing. Sign me up. Oh man, yeah, you could fit Gorilla Shaman in this, and I don't know who Gorilla Shaman is in terms of the. Um, we should all quit monkeying around, though. Oh, that's funny because Cogla doesn't. Cogla's not a monkey. Cogla's an ape. Right. Yeah, you are running Simeon Spirit Guide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. so. <laughs> this is such a tangent. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Simeon Spirit Guide is part of the. Okay, so so did you know? All right. <laughs> I went down a rabbit hole when they printed Silverback Elder and I went and I found out the entire uh, canon history of the Donkey Kong franchise and family. Uh, Cranky Kong is the so crank. So for anyone, I uh, have yeah, boy. So the original Donkey Kong shows up in Mario. Yeah. Right. Because because okay. yeah, you know, the, the big gorilla that throws down canonically Mario, that's a gorilla. Mario shows up in the original Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, but that actually—I think it's actually called Mario. Like it's actually listed as a Mario game. Mario Brothers came after Donkey Kong. Correct. Okay. Um, respecting so, so elders, elders surreal. Respecting my <laughs> elders. Yeah, I, I am the youngest one here. Um, so you, I went and I found the entire history of the Donkey Kong family and like the lineage. So Cranky Kong is the original gorilla that throws barrels down at Mario. And so that's not actually the Donkey Kong that a lot of us know as Donkey Kong. That is a younger version of Cranky Kong. Cranky Kong has a wife. My wife. My wife. My wife. Uh, Cranky-, <laughs> Cranky Kong has a wife. Um, who, um, I do not, whose name I do not remember off the top of my head. 
She wow. shame up, on you. I'll go pull her up. <laughs> I'll sexist. do it now. Um, it's the fact that you didn't know to, for, to start. Yeah. Um, I'm just disappointed. So, so Cranky Kong has a wife. She dies uh, in the story and she comes back as a ghost. That's Simeon's spirit guide. Oh my God. Wow. Because there's only one. I feel only- enriched. <laughs> you should. We went on I a journey. The last five minutes of your life. <laughs> no, there's only one. There's only one canonically dead and turns comes back as a ghost Kong in the like Donkey Kong franchise, and it's Cranky just- Kong's wife, and that's my Simeon spirit guide. <laughs> I can't believe we've officially scrapped this episode. Thank you, everybody. Quick, Ian, great. tell us about your deck. Yeah, tell us about your uh, tell us about your your uh, creatures with their buddy your, your old KCI lips. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, your cranky uh, calm. And with that, I was never invited back to this podcast. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's me, comedian MTG, also known as Honky Kong. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> well that about wraps things up everybody thank you for joining us this week <laughs> no, anyways no, so right. my yeah. creature package <laughs> um so there's a couple like things in between so like i'm playing uh some of the stacks pieces that i believe and uh, real you're also on yeah. um so I'm on things like Magus the Moon, Manglehorn, stuff like that. As I mentioned, I kind of like this like mid-range year until you combo game plan. Um, one card that's like really interesting in this list is Lodestone mm-hmm. Golem because you can actually KCI combo through this like stacks piece. And you can also do that with Thorn of Amethyst, uh, which is like I, 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 the idea that you can like r- so aggressively break parity yeah. on those. Yeah, like you can have this artifact combo that goes through those two things is pretty nice. Um and uh yeah then a lot of the other things that are like strictly to my list are because they are kci combo pieces like little bad or a scrapyard recombiner or scrap trawler or salvager of ruin or the payoffs like reckless fireweaver like we talked about beforehand uh and bergy because bergy like is kind of like a backup myria for the kci combos that like sort of ensures that these things happen and it's a good advantage engine and a, a, a plethora of reasons why bergy is really good I also think uh, this is maybe the best CEDH treasure nabber deck that exists right now, and that makes me really happy because I wanted to play that deck for a really long time. Yeah, it's the goodness. How many CEDH decks run treasure? I Nabber? wanted that card to be a CEDH card for so it's, long. It just didn't work out. <laughs> your your opponents can't tap their soul rings because you're like, I'll sack them to KCI <laughs> or grinding station. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, I. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. So we have one card that yes. we're all using in our sorcery Which is suite. Finale of Devastation. Finale. And Cobble, well, you're also playing Sun Demise, but I think Sun Demise kind of explains itself um, because it's right. pretty good. Uh, the Sudden Demise explains the Sudden Demise. What, what color are you expecting to use it against the most? I'd assume like white. Green. Right? So I'm not, I am not really? running dorks. Mm-hmm. So he has to kill Oof. So, um, yeah, oof, uh, mana dorks and white hate bears are, you know, generally the the types of thing, you know, Dranith magistrate is not very good. 
uh, to play against. Yeah. Do you really care about needing sudden demise then? Like, would you not rather just like a rolling earthquake? Um, I I like being able to not hit all of my artifact creatures or not hit oh the yeah, red yeah creatures yeah, yeah. I have in play, and you know just be very specific with with you know I'm gonna I'm gonna take out Talia and. Dranith Magistrate and then proceed mm-hmm. to combo out because my creatures Absolutely. are all still there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Surreal, you're playing Green Sun Zenith, and I think that's, I can chalk that up to you're playing the traditional Gruul creature deck. I have more green creatures than either of the, two, the other two lists here. Green Sun, specifically, I've got Oof. Green yeah. Sun works with Oof. Yeah, I mean, that's enough yeah. right there. I, I, I think my list really boils down to I decided to play Oof, which kind of yeah. comes back yes. to what we originally said, which yeah. is the biggest question you ask yourself when you're building this to deck is to oof. to oof or not to Oof. And I decided to Oof. Yep. And like that's why my deck looks the it. way... It, like, that's why my deck looks the way it is, is because I decided to Oof, and that's yeah. a really simple explanation for why the deck is what it is. But oof is that warp, like game warping of a card. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's look at oh, the instance week here yeah, because you're just playing Wheel of Fortune, mm-hmm. and I think Wheel of Fortune makes a whole whale of sense. Turns out when you're playing a deck that wants cards in the graveyard and also will dump a handful of artifacts, Wheel of Fortune doesn't suck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's look at. Also, I'm playing Underworld Breach, so Underworld Breach, Wheel of Fortune, yada yeah. yada, fill in the blank here. So anyway. Yeah, so so instance wise, I have a because my artifact count is so low, it shows up in my creature section and it shows up in my instance section, which mm-hmm. is primarily devoted to more removal. Um, I yeah, you and I are both running comparable amounts for sure. Yeah, I actually am surprised to not see Court of Calling in your list, Ian. It's uh, the thing is like Court of Calling is really good with decks that have green pips. <laughs> I have a lot of colorless creatures and not that many creatures in general. You got twenty seven. Yeah, it's, I mean twenty seven is good, but you have artifacts, um, and all of your artifacts yeah, give you green. Tap for green, which means even the artifact yeah, creatures that fair. don't tap for green tap for green. With yeah, that's fair. I guess for me, like I don't need one creature. Like I'd rather play shared summons in this list specifically than no los los? calling. I also valid. Yeah, they are they are in my uh, considering board for sure. Um, along with you know sixty nine other cards. Hey, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> didn't even realize <laughs> one card that actually didn't show up in any of our lists that I've had a lot of people that I want to at at least talk about here is rending volley. And does Rending Volley, which kills a large number of relevant issues for this deck in terms of insurmountable problems that outside of Galvanic Blast, you don't have a clean answer to. Namely, that is Linvala, Keeper of Silence. Dranith's a real pain in your butt, but you do have Lightning Bolt. You do have a Braid. You can clear Dranith otherwise. Linvala, though, shuts your entire deck down Mm -hmm. because... All of the AT, all of the activated abilities are on your commander, and yeah. rending volley also does. I mean, it cleans it cleans up a lot. Um, it's just so narrow because, like, how many? Like, 
it, it runs. I think I, I didn't. I obviously built a list, but we're not showing it here, and we're I'm not discussing it too much. Uh, but sure. like I, I I think it's the carpet of flowers thing that we've talked about previously, right, Ian? Where it's yeah. like, how many times have you sat mm-hmm. down with a carpet of flowers and it's just not it active? Does nothing. Uh, is I think that's one of the things that you are going to yeah. see in. I also think you get hurt specifically your version like way more by Linvala than I think either Cobble or I. I I do <laughs> like yeah. I can KCI combo through. Oh no, Linvala's uh, going to shoot me. Linvala. Yeah, for sure. It shuts like off your, the your main wing con shuts off your commander. And, and, and yeah, everything. exactly. Uh, <laughs> which is an argument for maybe running a little bit more issues of like, okay, I have to find a way to deal with the Linvala. I, I do think that there are good ways of dealing with Linvala that are not as narrow as rending volley. I think blast, right? I, <laughs> but I think rending volley is actually pretty good. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, I mean, I don't think it's in, bad. It hits me, white and blue. Also something to consider recently printed in Kamigawa is I believe volt surge. Something like along that. those lines. Yeah. It's a it's either Something a shock, like that. Uh, but if you sack an artifact, it does four damage mm-hmm. instead. I'm pulling um, it up. Yeah, and obviously, one. I think we have more than enough artifacts to spare in this deck. Uh, I, yeah, actually, yeah, I'd play that. Yeah, I'd play that. I I specifically recommend people to look at running volley if certain things are like Prominent if specifically meta. completely cripples your deck. Um, I've also suggested uh, that for anti Winode attack, um, anti Urza attack. So, like, it, there definitely are very important functions of that card. It doesn't necessarily like it, it depends on what you're seeing a lot of enough. And it's the same thing with Veil Summer Carpet Flowers, right? If you're playing a mid range meta right. all the time, you're, you're playing play on team cards. turn three Without all the time. Hesitating. It's great. Right, right. So, for me, I'm, I'm playing in more open metas. I don't play those cards. And that's yeah. like a point of contention with deck builders that I've. Before. Oh, yeah, volley, right? Depends on what you're seeing. Any closing thoughts from you guys? Yeah. So, uh, Miria is a really unique commander. I'm glad that it exists. I'm glad that it gives a variety to the Gruel Color Pie, which has been traditionally uh, one that I have not held back from kind of dunking on. Uh, no, don't worry. No one's <laughs> and... held back on dunking at it. Even me. <laughs> um, it's it's. It's tough because the color, it just contradicts themselves so much and it, they're very at odds. Um, and it's nice to see something new in the space. Um, something that's maybe a little more red focused too, which is interesting because like a lot of gruel so far has just been like green. And I guess the red is there too, maybe. It's green with haste. Uh, it's green yeah, with haste green and with a little haste. bit of. It's green with haste and blood moon. Green with yeah. haste, blood moon, and a little bit of direct damage mixed in. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, I'm very happy that the commander exists as we've mentioned a couple times there is definitely like the upward potential of the the decks and cards being printed for them having a lot more potential moving forward and I think it's also not a simple card like for example the KCI build that we're talking about I like kind of just came up with in the past 48 hours and this commander has been out for months. Right. And I've seen so many things like that happen with commanders where people are building something one way, one direction, or even a plethora of different ways. And then someone stumbles onto the right thing. And oh, goes, oh, yeah. Shoot, That's kind of how I felt one. when I saw the list today. I went, yeah, this, 
this. I don't. I don't think mine's the end all be all, but I think it's new and it's different. So we'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> I, the thing is, everyone wants a lot. So many people just want this to work. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. But those are my thoughts. It eventually will. Y- yes, it, this is one of those commanders where it is very much this will work eventually. Well, that about wraps things up for us here this week. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Thank you also to Cobblepot, Ian, and Surreal for taking the time to record this episode with me. We had an absolute blast. Took a ton of time to record and went over a ton of stuff, but it was so much fun. I'm so glad I got to have that conversation with you guys. Ian, Surreal, Cobble, you guys are some of my favorite people in this community, so it was a great, great time getting to talk this through with you guys. If you liked this episode or any of our other episodes, please make sure to rate the show on whatever podcast platform you are on. Or if you're listening on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and leave a comment down in the description what your favorite part of the show was or your thoughts on the lists. Just leave a comment, something. I would also like to thank our top tier patrons, Justin, Adam Hamden, David Snavely, Dionysius, Jason Bialik, Josh Stein, Matt Boehner, and Senior Coupon. If you too would like to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash the mind sculptors or check out the link in the description. And remember, you can check out next week's full episode completely uncut. It's live right there right now. You can also listen to the entire uncut all the goofs and gaffs of today's episode over on Patreon right now as well. Thank you again for joining us and from all of us here at the Mind Sculptors, I'm Callahan, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>